thank you for turning on and tuning in to another episode of Loved by the Water with Mike and Christy. Greetings, everybody. Greetings, Christy. Greetings, Michael. <laughs> We've been on a lunar journey as being loved by the water infers also being ruled by the moon. Whatever feelings you have about rules, there is a very clear, organic relationship displayed in the earth body that shows a relationship between the waters and the moon. Something you just said um, really took hold of me. My, my attention and curiosity. And I'm wondering if we will go, if it makes sense to discuss today. Okay. It was how, it was the phrase, depending upon how you feel about the rules. And I think I said doesn't, like, kind of, it doesn't matter how you feel. Regardless, but you use the term rules mm -hmm. in a slightly different context than ruled. Or at least from, mm. from whenever we use the word ruled, um, I think about that, my mind goes to like the astrological concept, like there, uh -huh. are, there are signs that are ruled by planets. Right. And <clears throat> I have a certain connotation in my mind of whatever that may mean. But then you just said rules. And that has a very, very, very different connotation in my mind. But they're very linked. And like, then there's rule as in kingdom, well, which I guess is related to the astrological. That's, that's kind of how I saw it. But then right. a kingdom also implies like, what are the rules? Mm -hmm. like be, and that, I think that what you just said, that's the, that's the, um, that subtle difference. Because I know that I don't have a charge per, per se around the term ruled. But I got to charge around the term rules. <laughs> Why don't you like rules, Michael? Um, well, it's funny. So this is where I want to go and unpack. And before we get into that, and, and, and maybe we'll move into it a little bit later because I think we want to set up this mm -hmm. episode a mm -hmm. bit. Um, this final phase, which is what we're going to be talking sure. about today, the phase that that stretches or begins with the last quarter moon and goes to the next new moon, the, the phase of the moon where the, where the darkness is increasing, mm -hmm. the light is decreasing, the light is decreasing, the darkness is increasing, and the majority of the surface of the moon is in darkness. Mm -hmm. To me, that would be a metaphorical or a symbolic expression of a softening of the rules. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I like that's that's just what's kind of popping in my mind, but mm -hmm. I don't have any depth to that yet. Okay. Like what that would mean. Like, does that even make sense? But that that's what's that's what I immediately was inspired to go to in listening to your introduction yeah and that's right we're talking 
about the last quarter moon this episode and this would be this would be the last episode of the ruled by the moon season so just to um well <clears throat> there's like three different places that we could take this we could just dive into what you were talking about we could maybe give an overview of our our maybe theoretical thoughts, beliefs kind of around the last quarter moon. Because um, I know that there's, with the moon journaling and the moon planner, there's now this like third, more deeply embodied um, project you and I have been working on in regards to aligning programming of our lives allowing some alignment of how we utilize our energy to flow with the archetypes or the energies of the phases of the moon so the last quarter moon is um is going back to darkness so there's an inner hidden still quiet quality which is akin to the first phase of the moon which is the new moon mm -hmm. So not the other quarter moon, but the new moon. So the new moon and the last quarter are kind of like sisters in regards to they're the darker. Mm -hmm. um, on this side, it's the waning. Mm -hmm. So the light is waning. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's this um, softness. There's this return to the importance of dream time. And it's also the down on the arc of the moon mm -hmm. that you draw in your planner it's on the down so it's the exhale too mm -hmm. whereas the new moon is the inhale of darkness the force the for, the last quarter is the exhale in darkness so it's really like the time the time of the waning moon into dark moon mm -hmm. is really the most the softest exactly like if i am thinking of being in like a dark cave or being in a dark room and and being at the bottom of my exhale or just exhaling in general mm -hmm. it's like people talk about either full moon or new moon being like really powerful release energy but i'm sensing that this last quarter moon is really the most potent in regards to and the embodiment of like letting go, mm -hmm. coming to a, a total stillness, like a stillness that almost doesn't even ask for an inhale to follow. You could just kind of stay at that empty bottom for a while, maybe 30 seconds to a minute because you have to breathe to live. But um, I also call, do you want to add anything to this yet? Um, uh, I, I, I just concur with the, I want to be clear with, and I've brought this up before and I want to bring it up again, just to be clear with the nomenclature. We're talking about phases. So a sure. phase is yeah. like a period of time and they tend to, a phase tends to be between six and eight days. Mm -hmm. And the phase is marked. The mm -hmm. beginning of the phase and the end of the next phase is marked by a turning of the moon. So the last quarter moon 
is the beginning of the final phase. The new moon mm -hmm. is the beginning of the next phase, the first phase. of the first phase. Right. And so I just wanted to, to add that yeah. clarity because yeah, yeah. it's sometimes we, we interchange just the word, the last quarter moon, but we're not talking about that moment. Sure. We're talking about the period that is kicked off by that moment. Right, right. And that period, that final phase, which I've referred to in the past as the lover phase. Yeah. And usually like people, when I've said that, they think about that like in a romantic session, um, context. Mm -hmm. But I always meant that like in a softness, like mm -hmm. this is the easiest time. And it's even like a lover mm -hmm. of yourself or a mm -hmm. lover to life or all of this because yeah. it is the energetically as expressed by the moon it's the easiest right. time right. and that's why i said in the beginning it's when the rules would if there's a time to let go of the rules this is it yeah it's also like <clears throat> in tantric breath work it on the exhale is when you you can sit with and circulate the subtle energy in the body kind of like building like if you're building fire in the root you're you're on your on your exhale and at the very bottom with either you know like pelvic release or squeeze where like wherever you're at in your phase it's also where you're emptying yourself of that biological energy of breath of life mm -hmm. and you have you can have a really deep open focus to the circulation of energy kind of rising mm -hmm. up from the ground from the root from you know, like life force versus breath of life. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was somehow also related to what you were talking about. What was the very last thing? The rules. The rules, right. The softening. Yeah, softening of the rules. Opening, the softening of the rules and like an opening to, to something else. But, but in a way that's ruled by the moon is if you are allowing yourself to be ruled, governed, um, patterned mm -hmm. by the moon, if you're attuning to that, then one of the rules, quote, you know, soft, one of the soft rules, I would say all the moon, quote, rules are soft. Mm -hmm. But this very last one is like one of the rule, quote, rules about it is, is this softening and is this, I think every time we touch or play with the mic, it makes an immense amount of noise. So just FYI. Um, so yeah, so that this final phase, this final six to eight days of the cycle of the moon, the, the rulership is already really soft, but the rule about this phase Rule of thumb, that's the colloquial phase that keeps coming to me and I can't get out of my mouth. The rule of thumb, are you familiar with that? Mm -hmm. I don't really know what that means now because mm -hmm. I've just said it in my mind so many times, but it's like a generalization. Right. You know, it's like a guideline. It's, um, it's, it's like an invitation. Colloquial is the right word, like yeah. versus like the, the law of the land. Right. Like the rule of thumb is, it's a softer version, like, you're not going to go uh -huh. to jail if right. you violate a rule of thumb, but right, you can right, right. theoretically get locked up yeah. by violating the rule of law. Sure, yes. A rule of thumb is usually good advice or 
a softer way mm. of yeah so it's a softening the rule of thumb here is a softening to oneself mm -hmm. and a softening to all energy of all living things to to be in that greater depth of harmony and like symbiotic exchange of life force mm -hmm. i sense um i also call so for the masculine archety archetypes you know magician warrior king lover you're saying this is the lover phase um for the for the you know this comes from chelsea wakefield's work um she has the flower this kind of four-dimensional flower of feminine archetypes so i know that like nurture mother crone um wild woman wild woman i know that's like a four of a, a quadrant kind of concept but then there's there's like a greater encompassing model that i use from chelsea wakefield and so the feminine energy or feminine archetypes that are inherent here um being the mystic the mother and the lover. So it's very, the masculine and feminine energies are, I think throughout the whole cycle of the moon are complementary, um, and somewhat aligned, but this one feels, you know, like the most, like they're the most similar, mm -hmm. like the energies of the masculine right. and feminine are the most easeful. It's not like king and queen. It's like they're both lovers. They're both nurturers. They're both mm -hmm. they're both maternal in nature. Right. <clears throat> so what are some of the when you were kind of charting out then, you know, how one can how one can be mindful and aware of what their day-to-day -day lives and are occupied with? And if they were to choose things and plan out their each moon um, with like, okay, like I'm going to have my meetings here. I'm going to do my right. taxes here, whatever. Right. What are the, what are the, the last, <clears throat> the last quarter phase? What is some of the, <clears throat> I remember I don't have my book out because I wrote down some of my research on this. I remember one of the things was like using this time to really review where you're at in each of your goals or activities. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that the the the, the human behaviors which could be in alignment and correspondence with this final phase would be that of the winding down. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm winding down um, from, from this lunation. And so it's like, okay, what, what, what did, um, what did I do? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what occurred? Let mm -hmm. me reflect back upon, upon this period and just noticed what, what actions happened. And if you are the type of person who also has um, aspirations, intentions, goals, objectives for a period of time, did my actions line up? 
Mm. You know, that's reflection that's, and review. Reflection review. I mean, in the most practical sense, maybe, maybe in a softer sense, but there's a review time. Um, and I think there's also a period of recuperation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like this is where like that lover word comes into. You're being a lover of self. Mm-hmm. Like this is like, well, okay, I just did this, this whole, mm-hmm. I'm coming to the end of this lunation. And this is spread out over a period of time, mm-hmm. six to eight days. And recuperating and, and being soft with oneself and seeing, um, you know, this, this is how this time was spent. I want to add into what we're describing right now because I think it's it's important like what what you and I are doing in these discussions is we are pulling out sections of a dynamic cycle and are examining them as individual pieces siloed siloed right right but the truth of the matter is it's a dynamic dance. It's a spiral. It's a spiral. It's a it's a sine wave. It's a this. Sure. It moves, but right. it goes. It's not linear. It's not sure. linear, and it. So, to me, there there is a very very a strong correlation between the last phase and the first phase, as you pointed mm-hmm. out, and what they share is the fact that the disk of the moon, the face of the moon, is mostly hidden. Right. So this review process, this recuperation process, Mm -hmm. is intimately linked to phase one. Right. Which is then, now I'm beginning to like, what is going to be the next phase? So the review feeds into Mm -hmm. the planning. Right. And it's almost like I'm imagining that dark moon moment that like the whole new moon phase is associated with, which Mm -hmm. is, it's not, it's really just that moment. It's like the last quarter moon is the release work. It's like, all right, I've done all this reflection and review. What is it that I want to like return back to or release into the void of the dark moon so that I can then carry on in, in the new moon phase with my newness. Yes. New moon phase is not about release. New moon phase is about, all right, I did the release work. I had my final moment of celebration, mm-hmm. letting go of these things and being free to take on new. Right. Or really just refresh some of the things that I want to carry forward if there's nothing that you're letting go into the void. Right. <laughs> so there, there are two kind of metaphors I want to use, which I think are both expression of this transition. And the transition, I think, helps through comparison, clarify what the the final, this fourth phase is. Um, So look at the energy which one brings to, at least in the ideal, in the ideal way, the energy they bring to going to bed like mm-hmm. the winding down mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. dark out and there's a, you know, you're getting ready to go to slumber mm-hmm. you get to sleep and then compare that to waking up the ideal waking up, not the wake up with like an alarm and you got to jump out of bed, mm-hmm. but like you naturally wake up 
and then you slowly come back, you know, into mm -hmm. your body and you begin the day. That waking up is also still in, in the darkness. Like yeah. it's slow. It's like I'm coming back into wakeful consciousness. Um, but there is a understanding that I've got the day in front of me right. versus like when I go right. to bed, like there's an understanding that I get to sleep. Going to bed first quarter, waking up new? Uh, going to bed last quarter. So last it's like, quarter, like that's, that's, the, that's sorry, the softness. Yeah. It's right, like, I know that. Quarter. But at some point that softness is going to switch to now I got to go back to, to being active again. Right. And so that's kind of that dance between like both of them mm -hmm. are in the darkness mm -hmm. you know, the, but but there's a the subtle difference is the easefulness of i get to go to bed and i get eight hours of of rest mm -hmm. and versus like okay now i gotta i gotta start the process again yeah and then let me add the second part before you respond because they're linked going back to the analogy of the breath mm -hmm. and the where obviously the full when one is full of breath the most amount of breath that they can hold in the body mm -hmm. that corresponds to the peak or the full moon mm -hmm. and the least totally emptied out of breath would be the new moon or mm -hmm. the dark moon mm -hmm. one of the ways in which which like breathing happens like diaphragmic breathing mm -hmm. is you first fill up from your belly right and then once your belly is full, then you fill up in your lungs. Yeah. And so to me, that transition from belly to lungs, mm -hmm. that's like the quarter moons. Mm. So it's like my belly's filled and now I'm going to go into my lungs. But the exhale also works that way. Mm -hmm. And I find that a little bit trickier to be aware of. But the exhale is more of a letting go. When one becomes... Um, deep in the practice of awareness of breath of breathing this way the cyclical breathing of filling up yeah. um, and then letting go and maybe even holding it at each at the peaks mm -hmm. um, you'll begin to experience that the breath begins to take care of itself mm -hmm. like the inhale just naturally happens like you're not you are not purposefully inhaling but mostly because you've created a vacuum inside you, like when it's time to inhale, it just happens. Right. And so the breath seems to have its own, the breath is breathing you is how mm -hmm. it's often explained. Mm -hmm. Does the cycle of the moon, like if we, if that breath is a, is a metaphor of the moon or the same thing as the moon, like these cycles, mm -hmm. um, If we become very, very aware of these cycles and where they are in our lives and how we meet them, does that cycle begin to breathe us in the same mm. way the breath does? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the the place I'm I'm interested in. Right. If we can, if we can step outside of shed, collapse, etc. Enough of the Gregorian calendar energy control system that. Mm -hmm that is widely available. Those are the rules. <laughs> the hard rules, the those laws are the, of the those land. Are, yeah, those are the rules. I mean, the laws of, the law. of paradigm, really, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, 
as you were speaking about the the filling and the emptying of breath and then the cyclical nature of like on the moon journal is this a sine wave goes up down up down up Mm -hmm. down so if you like imagine that up down up down and every and you look at it you look at a linear solar calendar and you put your moons the in there the up down up down up down um going carrying forward so it's like see it's like this blend of both cycle like cyclical circle and line Mm -hmm. right that's what those up downs are about and if you start here and you're kind of going up and you're building and then the energy goes down in the valley I'm just thinking about the ecosystems of valleys and the water that gathers there mm-hmm. and how maybe that these dark moons or the the waning of the last quarter is like waning into the most amount of water kind of energy and the di- the dynamism of the dynamism of that in the ecosystem of a valley right like being by being by the water um do you know anything about valley ecosystems i just know i just remember from a permaculture course that like the valley is really or like even my experience in the colorado mountains those little teeny tiny valleys that run through those big mountains are just speckled with the most uh what are those trees the name is escaping me, but they're they're like white barked, and they only grow along those little streams. Sycamore, I think so. Sycamore only grows. It's some like, type of sycamore, yeah. Right. Oh, um, you're thinking of the aspens. Aspens. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yes, it's these little like already. There's this line delineated by these huge mountains, but then and there's like this beautiful water streaming, and then there's these like regal kind of very like temple-esque aspens that grow all along them but then there's like big valleys where um you know unfortunately because of cities and the the infrastructure of humanity a lot of valleys are really high allergen rates and kind of like poor air quality because you know everything kind of settles down in the bowl Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I, so all of that, and then to relate it to the cyclical slash forward motion cyclical of the moon energy and one's own moon energy, whatever, however, and someone identifies, whether it's like your emotions, whether it's your intuitions, um, it carries forward. So like you go down into the valley and you're you're like in that hidden place in that watery place and then you can take from that that you're going to take from that valley and you're going to go up and it's going to kind of dry out or conc- concrete or get like the the moonlight mm-hmm. and then it's going to come down with you again into the valley so all of it like carries forward in a way mm-hmm. um 
but I'm just thinking about the potency of that last quarter having the buildup or the momentum of all the other phases of the moon. Mm. I think that was the that was the main point is the specialness of the last quarter being that it's carrying with it the momentum and the energy of all the other three phases. Um and maybe some things stay in the valley and some things go up. Um, and th- maybe that's something to consider about the sun, the, the, the moonlight. It has a clarifier, kind of a filter, so that you're not just like by the end of like 12 moons, you don't just have this like valley that's, you know, like full of a bunch of stuff that you've just been carrying with you every moon. But there's... A cyclical pattern to help balance the the mountaintop and valley of one's inner right landscape. Right. Um, can I add on to that? Please, because I'm I'm getting lost in it. It's a little amorphous for me. So I'm going to look at it from or add to it from a different perspective because uh, we're dealing with we're we're talking about the same like the fullness to emptiness sine wave, which is found throughout life yeah, in all these different ways. And the, the mountain to valley is a really, is different than like the breath, but it's the same. So by looking at it, by recognizing they're the same, we could see how they're different and gain more insight. Mm-hmm. Um, the bottom of the valley, like where the aspens grow, and um, that is the highest concentration of life in that in that kind of ecosystem. That's why the tree, like different varieties of trees, that's where the, all the water goes. It's the lowest part. Yeah. Um, so there is, you know, that is quite literally the. Um, where all of the, the, the potentiality exists, mm. where all of that, but it's dense. Yeah, yeah. It's dense. It's, it's, there's, there's a lot of qualities that also go with it. And then you compare that to the mountaintop. Mm. And the beauty of the mountaintop is perspective. Mm-hmm. When, you're, mm-hmm. when you're in the valley, mm-hmm. you don't know where you are. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you go to the valley and maybe you gather like, you know, your herbs or you go hunt, whatever it is. Like, carry you know, your, get your water and get carry your it water, up. <laughs> you get your nurture, your nutrients, but then you go to higher ground. Right. But in the highest ground, the peak is like, I can kind of, I can see where I'm at. Yeah. I see the, what I see what I left down there. See what I need to get down there. See next the big time. picture. See where I want to go. What's the next valley right. I want to go to? And then you go back down and you're going down. Um, mm. And maybe each time you learn, you learn even more clearly that if you're down in the valley, you have to lay low. Because like you were saying, the energy is denser. It's more watery. You can't, if you're trying to like get perspective mm-hmm. and make decisions and act like action while you're in the valley, it's, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. I think of myself when I'm like, when I get into some of the really dark shadowy valleys of my inner being and I, then I start making decisions. It's like, well, then I'm just not going to do anything. 
well, then I guess all I'm useful for is cleaning houses and like wiping butt. <laughs> you know, it's like you start making decisions, one, about yourself, about who you are and your worth. And you start making decisions then about what you're going to do at the mountaintop. But you're, you're, you're making those decisions with the maybe some of the fog uh-huh. because you're not honoring and revering the power of the lowlands right which is not the power to be like making decisions and acting upon you know it's like really review and sitting and just like slow like movement right of energy um <laughs> so i like this this idea of thinking about this in terms of um making decisions and review so then when you're on the mountaintop, <clears throat> you can make good decisions based upon seeing the big picture. Yeah. We're like, oh, I want to go over there. Like, you know, you right. see in the distance, you're like, that looks like a good place to go. And so you move down to that valley and then you get down to that valley, which is, <clears throat> you know, sometime in the distance, it takes time to get there. <clears throat> and then you get there and you're like, oh no, this is horrible. Well, you don't know that valley is like, it's dangerous. It's filled with alligators or what have you. You don't know that until you're there, until you're in right. it. But if you are engaged in your process, you know, cyclically, there are valleys mm-hmm. and every valley is different. And every valley is like, I mean, I'm going a little bit now further. Every valley is an echo of the underworld. Okay. It puts you closer to like the inner light of the earth. Okay. And, and the underworld tradition of, you know, Celtic um, uh, ways or the Celtic kind of teachings and mythology. So if you're on the mountaintop and you're making decisions, that's, that's, those are going to be tried and true sustainable decisions if you've really honored and took in and absorbed your time in the valley closer to the underworld where you know you even can have the foresight and prophecy when you're tapped into the power the power in the land when you're tapped into like the the beings that are underneath everything that have a that have also somewhat of a mountaintop view but in the inverse because they're kind of like in the land and they they're not they're not in our system our matrix system of dualism and such um yeah so making good decisions at the mountaintop requires honoring and revering the power of the valley and therefore all the valleys that come can be more and more and more effective Mm -hmm. and less getting caught and trapped in the shadows you know, of like one's being. Right. Um, And also like just the mountaintop is at a distance. Mm -hmm. Like this is what I think it's going to be like over there. Like peak to peak? Well, I'm thinking like going, you could see like a a valley or if you're on, I'm thinking about like sometimes when we drive, driving around like where we are in central Pennsylvania 
and we are in the Appalachians. Mm -hmm. And so you go over these ridges and then you see the valleys. Right. And then you come, oh, right. And so I'm looking about like thinking about a valley in a, a, maybe in a, <coughs> excuse me, in a wider perspective. And I'm imagining being like a pioneer, if you will, 1800s. And you're on the top of one of these ridges and you look out into the valley and you're like, I'm going to go down there. I think there's a village or I think this is what the life would be like. And then you go down there and you're like, oh, it's not exactly what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. um, and then you go up to the next ridge, this process of maybe like looking forward, mm -hmm. having like, I know, like you're setting a course and your course may have some degree of expectation. And so here I'm using the metaphor of life. You have some degree of expectation of one's life. I'm going to go and mm -hmm. do this mm -hmm. for what I think may happen. And then you're actually in it. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe it's different than what I thought it was. And what you were saying about how being in the valley has its own type of view or understanding and and maybe even taking that you know you you we put those into we understand the value what each view has the view of being in it in the value in the valley mm -hmm. but the limitation of that is you're not necessarily seeing the big picture you, you might get lost in the shadows you might get it's lost it's easier to get lost in the it's shadow it's easier to get lost in the shadow and then when you're on the peak, it's easier to not see the details of... It's easier to like forget the limitations of your own inner being. All right. If you're not balancing and, and giving credence and reverence to both right. aspects of self, both like new and full and the journey between them. Okay. So then how is this kind of dance... Um, like reconciled the, of not being of noticing both the limitations and the benefits of the peaks and the valleys. What's the question? Like, well, what do you do with this observation that we just said? Oh, um, how do you, how do you, um, well, I think it goes back to what you said earlier in, in the, this time is that these, what we're doing is we're siloing and we're siloing, siloing so we can focus in laser and spiral down deeper in each one. It's just like the medicine wheel, like you take apart the dimensions of someone's of one's being so that you can find a find a richer, deeper understanding for the mind and the body to carry forth and blend and therefore have a more nutrient-rich, dense soil of being, if you will. So, um, yeah, so I would say it's that. It's like recognizing and honoring that the moon is not just this, like, new moon, full moon experience. It's not like a, a moment in time where you have to do this on the new moon and do this on the full moon. There's something to be said about ritual and ceremony at those marker points, but really in the totality of life and carrying forward a balance of both linear and cyclical, masculine and feminine, 
like balancing one's energy is recognizing the the power of 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 the kind of rules of the moon within the phases and that there's there's valuable kind of direction and guidance within along the way right like it's not just like a moment and you check the box it's like okay i'm down here in this valley and how can i be very mindful to be reverent of this time so that it so that i'm making making the best of the full moon the, the mountain um and then when you're up on the mountaintop, not forgetting the work that you have just done in the valley, but blending, like integrating the two, keeping them, keeping them connected and in flow and in harmony. Um, so that being ruled by the moon and loved by the water is not just this like chaotic, crazy kind of like stereotypical um, feminine, you know, like, you know, like TV mostly is what perpetuates this um, now, but like, oh, women, they're so complicated or, oh, like the feminine, the feminine aspect is, is this or that, you know, like these stereotypes, they, they can be true sometimes if you're like out of alignment and you're like just operating behind something, like if you're just operating behind yeah, behind an object, like if you're operating in the shadow all along the way um, and not coming out and engaging in in the, the, the diverse opportunities of each phase of the moon. What? That was a really long-winded way to answer your question, and I'm not sure that I actually answered your question, which was like, What's the takeaway application? Um, no, I think you did. The takeaway application would be an awareness of of patterns and extremes and integrating the extremes into um, a dynamic movement of life, like both the life yeah. of one's individual, but then how your life, your individual life, is part of a larger tapestry. Right, like honoring the dynamism. Mm -hmm. But it's not just like giving one's whole like life over right. to it and, and being governed by this like chaotic force. Mm -hmm. Like the moon and the water also have have a structure as well. And there's... I would say the contrast is more in our paradigm, which is overstructured and, and uh, domination-based. And then in comparison, being loved by the water, ruled by the moon, this is, this is an invitation to a paradigm that we have yet to really fathom, but we can start playing with and orchestrating within ourselves where that might lead us, this unimagined 
this unimagined culture, society, community that that is engaged in the moon and the water and love and and rules in in this different new way. Do you want to say anything about our last quarter? You were we were just looking at it and you said there was we had quite a bit of like meetings with people. Um we had a, a <clears throat> we had a busy last quarter. So for the listener, you and I are recording this towards the latter part of the first phase of the next moon. (laughs) Yes. Like we are talking about phases once that previous phase. So this is like, this is last week. Right. So this is, this is last week. so, So looking back at the schedule book, um, mm-hmm. the last quarter, like, was probably the most active. Like, socially active. Work active, socially active, um, hmm. movement active of that entire lunar cycle. What do you mean by movement? Well, we moved from from the Hamburg house to Harrisburg. Oh, okay. So we did that, and there was... Um, we talked to a lot of people, um, so there's a social aspect, but most of the people who we spoke to, it had some, it wasn't just like... Review and reflect. <laughs> it wasn't like discussion groups. Uh, well, there seemed to be purpose. There seemed to be a sure. purpose. Um, it seemed a little bit more formed than perhaps what the archetype of the last phase would be the Mm -hmm. lover phase and so how do you see then maybe how we met those um well one of the other things that or another overlay for what that final phase was like experientially yeah is we both were under the weather oh right right we both were under the weather and one of the ways of understanding when the body is under the weather is it's demanding like a stillness it's yes. demanding a care so um you know i don't know if it I, I don't know if i am leaning into it being so literal that because it was the last quarter <laughs> the last phase that the body's like all right you got too much going on i'm gonna go and, Shut and, down. Put, and put the brakes on this um but it happened. And it was very like clearing of mucus space. Like yours was like that cough, like in your chest was trying to clear something. And right. mine was so much like behind my nose, like in my upper head, just clearing so much out. So if anything, maybe the the kinship or alignment with the moon energy was was very embodied in this like visceral okay, like we're going to review like biomaterial here. We're going to review and pass it and kind of like, I mean, we're already in the first phase of the next moon Mm -hmm. and we are feeling a little more clear, definitely more clear than the last, than last week. Um, 
so yeah, that's an interesting, like just looking at, at a, like a biological, physical point of view. And physically, um, where we're staying right now, we're kind of like on the peak. Oh yeah. We're high up. We're looking down yeah, at yeah. the valley, like as opposed to being in the valley, which is at the valley time. Right. So huh. there's. So we were supported in a lot of that, like <coughs> we were supported in a lot of that activity, right? Because we have had a very act, we had a very active last quarter, despite being quote under the weather, right? And this space that we're in was very felt very supportive of that. Yeah, of being active, but not getting really like exhausted by that activity or you know we we had a place where we could right after that activity we could settle right back into a comfortable the comfortable space of like nurturing and right. like lovership not between us necessarily but just towards self right creature comfort like this is a nice place like it's comfortable yeah. and there's a hot tub here. There's like a we hot literally, tub. like we were able to go when we were feeling most sick, um, congested. Like the ability to go outside in the hot tub and breathe, like really fresh, crisp air, but yet have the whole body and the etheric body kind of like saturated and warm in warm water. And it was unseasonably warm. It's yeah. Like you know, for the we started the second half of winter. We moved in here on Imbolc, which is the midpoint oh, right. of the yeah. winter season. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was, um, there's a, there's a, a, a phrase, I think, or, or a, something about like the, the exam, like the life not examined is not worth living or the examined <laughs> life is like a, a meaningful life, but yeah like the the point of the quote is there is value in examination of one's life and oneself just purely for the examination's sake like not necessarily not necessarily for what the examination brings and i think mm, that mm -hmm. that is um in harmony with uh it's the journey not the destination Right, right. Process, um, process. And so as we talk about our actual life, like did our experiential life, was it lined up with the, 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 phase, the, the energies of the moon? Mm. Um, and like the comparing and contrasting, like that's the examination. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, I think we talked about this in the last episode as well, the idea of just bringing an awareness yeah um the water and the moon are much softer and i feel more organic human framework to do that versus oh let me look at my planner did i like let me examine my life uh, against my goals yes right which is kind of harsh Mm -hmm. And it, it comes with some level of like reward and punishment mm -hmm. versus, okay, let me sit down and look at my life in containment or in reference and framework to my waters and, 
and the moon and the phase of the moon and just kind of it's just without getting but but it's not without getting lost in this like hall of mirrors but you can right that's available but there's also a true deep balance that feels really good and kind and loving to the human experience right yeah um i mean that there's those extremes like you know i still it is necessary and beneficial to understand like where you're going Mm -hmm. like even outside of this particular paradigm like to understand what time of year it is and if you live a nomadic life or if you live an agricultural life like you understand like okay well this is the time for me to begin to Mm -hmm. transition or move to like whatever is is coming um Mm -hmm. but then to go and find that middle point that softness between i wish there was a a softer word than goals Mm -hmm. um like that and then not just getting lost as you're saying in the nebulous of Mm -hmm. of 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 doing nothing and and maybe that's part of like this the the byproduct of Mm -hmm. the examination which we're describing is um the movement by the moon's rulership and the love of the water kind of takes care of itself yeah and if if i'm wondering now like really looking at elemental balances and such and so forth is like we are in a post-industrial intense technological era like there's a lot of fire in this paradigm okay this this culture this society that we live in was built on the worship of fire Mm -hmm. and 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 how how taxing that can be on the both human body and the human soul and how i don't know i wonder if if there's a culture and society that's built upon the worship of water would that be as imbalanced in the long run as we are now? Like I would say our paradigm is very imbalanced mm-hmm. and you know, Nate, uh, like fire is the, is, is the, it's like the greatest, like most kind of like dynamic, powerful element. And we took that one and built like a whole culture and society off of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if that was just not a helpful element to center everything around. And so I'm wondering if that were to be switched out with another element, if if one of the elements is actually like, that would be a good role for that element. Mm-hmm. And it would be supportive of all the other elements. I don't know. Uh, just theorizing. When, when you talk about, I guess we should probably be wrapping up. But I will. Sure respond on it two things i'd like to respond or say Mm -hmm. the first one is just kind of in response to that there there was a culture of of um which was really water based yeah um maybe not exactly what you have in mind like the fertile crescent oh 
Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely like those were goddess cultures and they were, they were, that was agricultural and it was growth and it was based upon understanding water. The same thing with the Egyptians and like the annual flooding of the Nile and what that did for agriculture. Uh But I was thinking specifically of the Phoenicians. Oh, I was thinking that was my second. (laughs) So the Phoenicians and and again, there's, there's some of the most interesting mysterious people because I don't think we really know what and whom they are. But yeah. it seems that this is all a Phoenician world. Mm. And I'm going to throw out this one last thing. We're not going to get into it uh, right now. We don't have the time. But we made reference, or I made reference, to the phrase, the law of the land. Yeah. But there's also <gasps> something which is called maritime, maritime law. Dun, dun, dun. That's the law of the water. Yes. And that's Phoenician law. Yes. And that's admiral law, admiralty. And... There are very, very different sets of rules and laws. And so maybe that's something for us to, like, in a future, in a future. Well, I'm thinking I've already been sensing into season three uh, being, including other, um, well, hopefully including other guests. Okay. And going into um, goddess and other cultures relationships with this kind of love of water or like kind of going deeper into loved by the water um culturally and mm-hmm. looking at other cultures and so like like fertile crescent um that kind of time and period and era and the phoenicians and goddess cultures from different continents etc and so forth so that it's like this uh I mean, originally loved by the water um, as I was building an umbrella for my all of my creativity to be kind of like housed in my own center. Um, I don't know if you remember this or not, but it was loved by the goddess. And then as time was, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And then as time was progressing and as I was sitting with and creating that umbrella, um, I was just like, that feels too like, that's part of the problem is like having this gendered kind of dual. So uh, I was like, well, wait, water is not gendered. Like it airs, it it leans towards more feminine maybe, but the elements are not, the elements I feel like fall out of that dualistic. So anyways, that's maybe where we're going in season three, because this is, this is the end. This is the end of season two. Uh, This is the end of ruled by the moon. Well, it's been um, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> yes, thank you, Michael. Thank you, Krista. Mm-hmm. Bye, bye, everyone. <laughs>